Hey everyone, welcome to So Fast, So Furious, the ultimate Fast and Furious podcast. Dominic Toretto lives his life a quarter mile at a time, so we are watching the entire Fast and Furious franchise a quarter hour at a time. I am your co-host, Zach Cassetta. I am Vito Lapicola. Vroom, vroom, bitches. It's Anthony Ravenge. And thank you all for joining us. I think this is three in a row. We've been uh, pretty steady, maybe four. I forget where how many we've done since uh, post-COVID. But uh, we're, we're pretty pretty regular now, just like all of our listeners. And uh, I think... And Jamie uh, Lee Curtis. Oh, is she regular as well? With her, oh, that's with her fiber-filled yogurt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I tried uh, a little bit of that. It was okay. <laughs> but I, I do think, Anthony, that this uh, segment has your name written all over it. Hated it. Oh, boy. Are you kidding? <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, he's entitled. He's our grump. Grump, the grump of the show. But come on, uh, this is this is actually my favorite sequence in all of the movies. It's it's I'm a sorry. great mix of ludicrous, <laughs> and I don't mean Tej, but just insanity and it, it, I don't know. It's it's a fine balance, Anthony. It worked for me, and it, it sounds like Vito. But I will we will go through it in painful detail, and you can pinpoint where it uh, fell apart for you. Looking forward I think it, to it. I think it fell apart when Anthony hit play. <laughs> That's right. As as soon like, as God. <laughs> What's yeah, that? See, as soon as he sees Vin Diesel holding up 3,000 pounds for two minutes, <laughs> uh, I think Anthony checked his brain out at the door and went fishing. No, I, I think it was uh, initially the fact that the bit with um, Roman was still going on. That kind of surprised me. I was like, wow, like, He's still committed to this, isn't he? And then <laughs> also not... the uh, the uh, the skyscraper hopping. All right, okay, well, we'll get broke. there. I... Let's think about well, think about what it must have been like, Anthony, to be an extra on the set of that movie for three days, shooting the sequence with them just going again, and and you know him him just improvising more and more shit to mess around with. You would have been in hell if you were an extra on that set. It's true. Well, at this point, we're still we left our heroes in the, the little safe room with the car. As Vito said, Dom is hoisting, he's hefting the front of the vehicle with his own physical strength as his best friend and brother is underneath the car, really at Dom's whim. I mean, he could let that car go at any point. Uh, but Brian slides under the car to start finding the flash drive. Meanwhile, Letty is still looking around and comes face to face with Ronda Rousey. Rousey, yes, very uh, intimidating. She's the prince, the prince's head of security, but she's also wearing a cocktail dress. And she notices the guard that Letty knocked out outside of the prince's room. Letty asks if she'd believe she knocked him out with her charm. Rousey says, you ain't that charming bitch. I gotta, I gotta say, uh, Ronda Rousey gives Gina Carano a run for her money in the glaring is acting category. Oh yes, yeah. Like she, she literally just like that's that's all she does is glares. There's no like character development. There's no. She just glares real hard. And not only that, like I, I wrote it in my notes. Wow, Ronda's delivery is terrible. Also, <laughs> also more women on women hate. Like, (laughs) you know, though, it's weird. It's so fucking weird, man. Like, especially when you have Michelle Rodriguez, like on like 
several different outlets like saying like oh like the fast and the furious uh series needs to be more woman positive like it needs to be you know more female centric and whatnot and like every fucking time like she's on screen she's either calling another woman a bitch or <laughs> another woman is calling her a bitch <laughs> but here's fighting. the thing you can't or have you can't have a guy fighting a, a girl so if there's going to be a fight letty for the most part has to fight another woman you know what is interesting this is a side note but it ties in with this i saw the first episode of she hulk this week and they do have a guy fighting a woman hulk beats the shit out of she hulk in the opening uh in one of the scenes he he they well, get into a into a fight and he like knocks the shit out of her and then kicks her off a cliff so like it's sure. it's but it's, it's super, i guess that's yeah, superhero powers hulk. Yeah, yeah, it's Hulk exactly. on Hulk, not uh, not not man on on woman, I guess. Well, but, but, this but is, all I'm I, saying, all I'm saying is that like it's just the aggression is is unmerited. Like maybe if like they would have like bumped into each other, or, like they were wearing the same dress and got mad at each other or something. Like just well, she's straight the up head going of security. Yeah, she's the so, head of the prince's security. So what? Apparently, you know, Letty could be a really nice person, and Ronda Rousey is missing out on friendship by just straight up going to calling her a bitch. Well, but she, well, no, I agree with you there. She doesn't, the language is uncalled for at this point. Yes, she didn't exactly. Even know That's she my doing, point. Well, I was going to say she didn't know she was doing anything wrong, but I guess she does see the guard there. So she realizes she's she has to know that exactly. That's my working theory. And, and I, I, there was, I just, this was, go on, Anthony. Sorry. Uh, I, I just, there, there needed to be some kind of earning of, of the name calling. Well, I think like, just the fact, well, yes, the name calling again. But that, maybe, I mean, she might just be a really asshole bodyguard. I mean, she doesn't take no shit. Yeah. Well, and because this was a time when there was a very br- like six months where where Ronda Rousey was going to become an actress, and there uh, she was in this, and I want to say one other movie, and it just didn't Extreme happen. She was in the Expendables three. three. Yeah, they, yeah, was, yeah. they shot this at the exact same time, which might explain why she was confused as to which character she was playing, and that's oh, why she God. doesn't come off as having one. Yeah, she's just it, it's a shame because you would think, yeah, we need like a cool kick-ass female action star. And unfortunately, I have a theory. Her. I have a theory about this is that uh, she had lost her confidence because she lost those two fights back to back. And I sure. think that it kind of betrayed her on screen, like her her actual sense of. I don't know if that makes so maybe sense. Maybe she's like, overcompensating. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think she's overcompensating. Yeah. Is it not movie. possible she just wasn't a good actress? Is that that, that's a, also possible. <laughs> that's yeah. it, didn't, it hasn't stopped Gina Carano. You know what? I agree with you because I'm not a huge Gina Carano fan myself, but I do think that she is capable of a bit more, a bit better delivery than Rhonda. Like Rhonda is super flat. I yeah. actually really yeah. love Gina Carano, but I don't make any, you know, any lies to myself about the fact that she's a great actress, but I haven't seen terror on the prairie. So who knows? I heard she was really good in that. We'll now I also wrote in my notes that Ronda Rousey is more monotone than I am. There's just no emotion to her delivery. And <laughs> that's fair. Her, her delivery of vroom, vroom bitches was way better than yours. I, I must admit. <laughs> oh, fuck you, Vito. How dare you? How dare you? Well, I make that line my own. Is now she's wrestling in the WWE and like she can't cut a promo, you know. Yeah. It's just, it's just bizarre. But aside Come from on our podcast, Rhonda, yes, please. <laughs> she's we're, 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 we're painting her out to be the uh, the Team America version of her, Ronda Rousey, <laughs> Ronda Rousey. Well, what I found interesting is that she's got a team 
of some sidekicks that are yeah. actually wearing military uniforms, but she's, I guess, undercover, I guess, is the idea. You know what's um, really cool about this? They're based on the actual guards that uh, – it was an all-female elite bodyguard team called the Revolutionary Nuns that protected mm. Muammar Gaddafi. And uh, so they based them on that. Uh, the Americans called them the Amazonian guards. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was – he actually had a full – female entourage of of warriors who protected him while he was alive which i wonder really what the what the, it is I, I just i wonder what the thinking is behind it or what his you know i, I think mean? i think he, unusual. he was probably an asshole and was like let women be killed instead of men i mean <laughs> come on hey exactly who knows well at this point there it's like uh, anthony said women or, fight women or, or he thought that he could pay them less to do the same job that Jesus. men would do. Hey, yo. <laughs> hey, hey, ladies, it's $5 an hour. You get no to stand pay. next to me? Yeah. You get to be next to a dictator? Huh? I get that to wasn't make intended. each of you that I select? They're like, what? That, that wasn't intended hired. to be a funny joke. It was social commentary. Womp, womp. Well, yeah, well, I, I was also giving social commentary, although people think jokes nowadays are real, so... But yeah, I was mocking well, Muammar Gaddafi's sexism, not my own. Well, Rousey announces to someone, IT department, I guess, that there are intruders and to lock everything up. Tej is still working and sees everything starting to shut down. And Ramsey tells him that his magic trick is failing. Because if if Rhonda is the head of the security department and her entire team is now facing uh, Letty, who else could she possibly be talking to? It's it's very weird because my experience with IT people is that they're clueless as shit. I, I work in a tech company. They're not and, this quick. They wouldn't and, have reacted uh, this quickly. Yeah. Oh, tech people are always like, uh, what's this? And you're like, that's a basic fucking thing you should know. And yet they're getting 200 grand a year and I'm not. Have you tried plugging it in? <laughs> Reboot it. <laughs> yeah. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Brian has located the drive within the car, and Dom asks Tej for a sit rep. Tej tells Dom the security systems are locking him out. And we're at, finally, Anthony's favorite part. On the dance floor, Rome still has everyone enraptured as security approaches him. We get what has to have been some, some Tyrese Gibson improv, where he says that the guests may have noticed that they were out of hairspray and points <laughs> out the girl who used it all. I gotta, I gotta say... I thought not only did I think this line was funny, it's it's very hilariously mean to the poor actress playing that part because <laughs> that's she, why it couldn't have been scripted, right? Yeah, she obviously, you know, somebody in the hair and makeup department was like, We're out of hairspray and I used it all on her. So everyone else gets straight hair. But like, yeah, this poor girl got well, like singled out by And then he references another girl's big tits. Yeah. Are those calls them like, missiles. You know, Missiles under there? At least Tej can't believe he said it. So we do get the fact that other people thought it was bizarre too. But I was shocked they had that line in there, actually. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> well, that that goes with what Anthony was saying about like the weird there's a weird thing that's very anti-feminine in this in this movie, although it's supposed to be pro-feminine, which is it is interesting because it's positive to in a way, like the female characters, you know, I mean, like Letty is portrayed relatively positively, you know, like aside from dying, Giselle was pretty cool, but it's like women as a, a group outside of those main characters 
there is a little bit of that, I think. You know, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think that most filmmakers think that inclusivity, that that making a strong, smart female means she has to be as brutal as the men. And, uh, you know, you look at a character like Ripley or uh, Sarah Connor, you know, they were they had violence within their characters, but it was. It was. It wasn't who they were, but like Letty's just a really fucking violent, violent well, person. It's you really know, it's weird. interesting, and I just want to because I never really thought about this before. But both of the characters you just mentioned, their their nemesis is alien. Like, I mean, like it's either a machine or an alien, and so it's they're not facing a man or a woman. But yes, there's both very badass characters. But it is interesting uh, that those both those characters didn't face an actual human we see it's okay when ripley says let her go you bitch but it isn't okay when ronda rousey says but that's what i'm saying she's she's saying it to an alien and ronda's saying it to an actual person who knew that the show would get so deep into feminine uh feminine principles and uh somebody get bechdel on the line and let her know that we're not hitting all the marks and Letty is fighting and fighting with the security sidekicks, and Rousey's just sitting there watching. Brian's still under the car. The security, ca- the security gates begin to shut, and Tej tells Dom they're running out of time. And Anthony's heart was pounding at this point. He could not wait to see how, how this was all going to How are they going to get out of this? That's what, that's what I imagine, Anthony. Well, actually, it was, how are they going to get out of this? Because you're, you're never, I need you're never excitable. Yeah. Solid impression of me, Vito. You were playing with your, your cat at this point, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. Who are you most, what character were you most concerned about at this point? None. Brian? Because I know None? that okay. they're sequels, and I know that most <laughs> of them Fair enough. <laughs> most, yes. The horrible irony is that uh, the actor playing Brian would have been crushed by a car several months later. But uh, oh boy! But in the scene, he escapes. He escapes danger. Sorry, that was really bad. You can cut that if you want, Anthony. <laughs> Let me write down the, the timestamp on that one. <laughs> oh, where are we? He's going to his... leave it in just to just to get me back for the Anthony impersonation. Just the spite, yeah. Letty has taken out the security sidekicks by now, and Rousey, in the blandest, most emotionless way possible, says she's glad Letty showed up because these parties bore her to death. And I said that line just now with more emotion than she did in the film. Well, to be fair, she was true. To be fair, she was bored. Mm, and boring. Yeah. And thus she made me bored as well. But it's interesting just thinking about like like Kurt Russell, for example, like that could have been a very cool line. You know, with somebody that could have delivered it really well. And I, I like Ronda Rousey. I don't want to sit here and trash yeah, so her. So do I. Some people just aren't great actors. And I would say maybe that includes myself, you know? You know, you know what was very, very interesting to me about this was uh, usually a director will take a line, you know, I, I oh, these parties bore me. You, a, a, an amateur actor will deliver that line as if they're bored, but a good director will say, "Play the opposite." You know, you want to you want to do something else with it. She she says her lines exactly as they're written, and I I think that might be the problem. You know, because what I mean? it's as not. Well, Go on, Andy. I, I, I was going to say, like, it, if you compare the line to a very similar line uh, that Harrison Ford delivers in Star Wars, like, "Oh, boring conversation." Anyways, Luke, we're going to have company. Like there's like such a, a difference, like because he puts it, his personality into the line. 
Yeah, yeah, and and his own cadence, and like honestly, like Ronda Rousey kind of comes off as like a robot. Like you know how they made Terminator Three with uh, Christiana uh, Loken is that her name or yeah. whatever? Yeah. Like Ronda Rousey would be a great Terminator. Like yeah, I, I think, she would. Yeah, or Terminator or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's the kind of role that would benefit her. But like as far as like showing any charisma or any kind of emotion, she completely fails hardcore and also i wish there was more to set up like a kind of a rivalry between her and her character and michelle rodriguez's character letty like aside from there just need to be two women right there need to be like an earlier interaction or you know maybe like make it personal something you know like that these characters don't like each other for a reason other than you know they're, the they're both needs to progress Right, right. Guys, uh, we're going to take a moment away from our bashing of Ronda Rousey to thank our sponsors for today, the Ronda Rousey Acting School of... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> we should have thought about this. <laughs> well, you know, just speaking of the, the fighting, because, I mean, my what, what I wrote was they start fighting, and for some reason it's all close-ups, even though Ronda is a pro fighter and should know what she's doing. And, like, we were talking about, like, the Tony Jaw sequence where the there were uh, mid-side... Or, mid shots or whatever you could see what was going on and this was all like super close-ups almost like you would shoot somebody who doesn't know how to fight yeah it was interesting. I, I also thought if she'd fought this hard against amanda nunez she might still be fighting today um i i actually enjoyed this fight uh choreography i i, I thought it was it was decent and um you know, kind of like brutal. Um, it didn't bother me with the close-ups like a lot of them have in the past. Like I, I hate the close-up thing. I like seeing what moves are being performed and who's getting hit. And it shows like this cohesion to like, you know, how the fight plays out. And when you do the the choppy stuff, like the the best I mean chop example suey. of it. Yeah, chop suey for sure. Um <laughs> I just got that song stuck in my head. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I, know, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> makeup. Yeah. Uh, no, but like the, the biggest kind of offender in my opinion is uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies where you can't see the, the fight direction and the choreography. I don't think it was that bad. Like I'm, I'm kind of surprised that you guys had issues with it. Cause I, I, I think, didn't... I think it's shot really well, honestly, but there, there yeah. is something it might be. Th- there were two DPs on the movie. So I guess like partway through the shooting, uh, one of the guys, something happened with, it wasn't any, anything crazy. It didn't have to do with, uh, with, uh, uh, Paul, uh, Walker's death or anything, but like, yeah, the guy, the guy had to like drop out and they brought another guy in. So it's possible those shot, mm-hmm. those fights were shot by two different DPs. Interesting. So that, that might be why you saw a difference in that because this movie was fraught with like shit that kept happening. So. Well, oh, yeah. I, I do. Th- I did think there were some cool moves like they're fighting and eventually Letty gets caught in a head scissors by Rhonda and she uh, grabs a concealed knife and then stabs Rousey in the thigh. Yeah, I was like, like Letty cool- to cut a bitch. <laughs> she was like, I'm from the street, bitch. I ain't That's fucking right. around. I'll cut you. I smell a skank. Yeah. Oh, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite line of the, the entire franchise. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ramsey like tells... Skank. <laughs> Ramsey tells Dom and Brian that security is headed their way and they need to get out now. Dom tells Brian to get out from under the car and then tell tells Tej they're just taking it. 
Roman finally gets approached by security throughout this entire other, like it took this long for the security to get out of the crowd to get to Rome. Roman finally gets approached by security just as Letty and Rhonda fall from a balcony upstairs onto the DJ booth behind Rome. And he goes to check on Letty. Forget Please pay Rhonda. attention at that moment. Uh, if you look, you could see that the record player is still playing, which is oh, hilarious. Really? It's like knocked over. It's still playing with the, uh, with with the the needle sitting in it as if it's yeah it's kind of hilarious funny just it's just kind of like a goofy prop or something and like not yeah, a real yeah record. I think it was a prop yeah uh, the final gate is closing in the secret car showroom that Brian and Dom are in and Tej desperately tries to keep it open Dom and Brian get in the car and Dom tells Brian to go through the dashboard like to get to the hard drive thing. And Tej and Ramsey are found by a guard in the room that they're in who takes out a baton to beat some ass. But Tej beats him instead, impressing the hell out of Ramsey. Yeah, I, I thought about this for a second. Like, if you notice throughout the series, like, Rome and uh, and Tej are always, like, trying to one-up each other to get her. But it's pretty clear they're setting setting it up for, like, a love affair between those two eventually. Well, they're the, they're two, gonna... they're the two tech people, you know? Yeah, like she's got nothing. In, exactly. What does yeah. she have in common with Rome? They're both hungry. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Telling bad jokes about hairspray. That's and right. Boobs. But yeah, I do like that they they do kind of have like a friendly rivalry about it. But uh, Tej is clearly the correct choice, I think. Um, in the showroom, Dom is revving the car up and says, "Time to unleash the beast," whatever that means. That's because uh, the car is called the Beast. Remember? Yeah. Oh, said, Damn it! Uh, you're right. Yeah, because they they had that line in the last. Uh, it was either the last 15 minutes or right before that, where he said, mm -hmm. "Why would you keep a beast like this locked up in a cage?" Um, there's also something that uh, I I had read and I tried to notice it. I guess everything before they get into the car is really Paul Walker. Everything in this next sequence is a body double. So I was looking oh. to see if the CGI was bad, and it's pretty good. I, I didn't I notice tell. anything. I didn't yeah, notice I couldn't either. tell that it wasn't Paul Walker at all. So they really did an amazing job on this movie. I do want to go back to the uh, it's time to unleash the beast line. Like that mm -hmm. line – belongs in the 80s and it needs <laughs> which to is why there. i love it i hated it i hated oh, it i, I, hated I, the I love i hated the cheesiness <laughs> yeah I, I love cheesiness too but like it does not belong in a movie that came out in what like when did this movie come out like 2015 i think 15 okay yeah yeah it was a terrible line and i hated it it sounded like something out of a juice commercial from 1996, actually. Uh, Capri Sun. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were like, Unleash like, the Beast. Juice. Unleash the Beast. Yeah, get some Capri Sun and some Starburst. Make it a weekend. With vitamin C extreme. <laughs> Unleash the Beast. Capri Sun. Brought yeah, to you by the yeah. Ronda Rousey School of Acting. The heart <laughs> of Los Angeles. Like, like one liners need to be a little bit more clever than that and also delivered in a, a more I, I guess self-aware way you know that, very that was, well that that's what vindy vindy's was like what happens if i say unleash the beast and just this is like, gonna be my hasta la vista guys <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly. gonna be i'll be back <laughs> they're gonna Start quote this to me on the street <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, we'll be starting the Unleash the Beast podcast soon. Dude, okay, I gotta I gotta give you that, Zach, because that was very subtle when you said start making the t-shirts. I could totally <laughs> see him thinking about that, you know? 
Totally. I'm thinking merchandise. Soft goods. <laughs> uh, Dom drives through the wall into the party room. At this point, the elevator dings, and we see that somehow Deckard has also made his way to the party, but that, he has okay. a machine gun. I, I, I was wondering about that because, like, I looked away and I, like, looked at the screen and I was like, wait, is that Jason Statham? <laughs> like, where did, like, where did he, where the fuck did he come yeah, from? And they had I to get, like, again. And he's gone. Like they don't reference it. They don't mention anything about it. It was just like they had him for like a day, and like <laughs> just pop up, just pop in. Yeah, let's make it quick, in. guys. I've got you. Got me for two days. I've got we a want haircut. Our, <laughs> we want to remind the audience that you're in this movie. Meanwhile, yes. I'm thinking to myself, like, isn't the Rock in this movie? Like he hasn't showed up in quite a while. Like, is he? I yes. guess he is. Holy yes, shit. Is. I told, that's yeah. right. Yes. No, you're right. Yeah. It's been you know what else? I, I was also thinking how fucking shitty of a birthday was it for this poor prince? He's like, I invited no, all of my his friends. Birthday. It was He's a like, party for the longest day of the year. Oh, yeah. you're right. I keep yeah. thinking it was a birthday because because of, because of that would make more sense. But like, what a what a horrible. But the, there there was a guy throwing the party, and he has to be thinking like, first they destroy my car, then they destroy my all female elite guard, then a man shows up with a gun and starts shooting people. You know, it's like it just keeps. This really is the yeah. longest day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Now that's a T-shirt. <laughs> This, it's just this bewildered prince's face. <laughs> well, that with this would happen to be fun. This is supposed to be fun, guys. Uh, Deckard starts firing into the air, and everyone starts to run, except Dom, who revs up the car and prepares to drive into Deckard. But Deckard shoots the car, but it's bulletproof, of course. And Luckily. then some guards attack him, but they only slow him down. He's no match, or they're no match for uh, Deckard Shaw. Aren't these guys lucky that this guy kept this car at the top of a building completely gassed up and ready to go just in case? I mean, I may have asked this last time, but how did it get up there? How did they get the car into the penthouse? Did they helicopter it in? It, it also implies, you know, because gas eventually evaporates and someone has to come up to fill it up every couple of weeks just to make sure it's got gas in it for them to make their escape. So, yeah, just, you know, rev it up a couple times, you know, run the engine. Uh, <laughs> Kills everyone in the bed. Carbon monoxide poisoning. Right. You fucking idiot, open the windows. It's supposed to be a sealed tight. <laughs> I don't know why they're Italian now. Um, as Shaw deals with the guards, Dom sideswipes him, sending Shaw flying over the car. He gets up, firing at the car as Dom dodges and maneuvers the car so it's facing one of the windows. Brian reminds Dom that cars don't fly. At least in this film. They will in 8 and 9, and they'll <laughs> Tarzan vine swing. That's right. We got we to gotta go somewhere. Go space. Yeah. We have to elevate somehow. I, the I car mean, that line would work a lot better had it not like you know 30 minutes prior they did that sequence with the airplane oh shit yeah it, yeah that, <laughs> that's a good that point kind of, that kind of we, li me. we literally just did this brian <laughs> yeah yeah it, it was a little irritating Car still don't fly that's right without parachutes that's right uh the car bursts through the window into the open air outside and towards and the during this sequence, building. I am going to take a nap. See you, boys. I'll be right back. Oh, Anthony's <laughs> down for the count. Well, I want you to tear this apart, Anthony. I want you to tell me why it's so terrible. 
Uh, Shaw suits a small explosive at the car that actually helps it reach the building beside them, which, whatever. Because without if Shaw, if Shaw hadn't shot them, they without that explosion, they wouldn't have made it. It was the nudge they needed. Yes. Uh, luckily, the floor they land on is under construction, so no civilians are around. Just a couple workers. But How Dom convenient. discovers. They're well, he discovers they are very not not. Stallone expendable. It's Abu Dhabi. They, they, they probably finished the building and then they have them killed. That's Just right. because. No witnesses. But Dom discovers the brakes are out as they careen through unfinished drywall and scaffolding. Okay, Brian, why, why are the brakes out? Why, why are the brakes out? That's because I was wondering that. The screenplay, you got to elevate the stakes, man. Did so I don't know if there was a point where somebody shot it or if it's implied that it got in the explosion somehow, but I don't know that we were explicitly shown when that happened. Yeah. They, they I feel like that. I would have written it down. Are you guys yeah. saying that this $3.4 million car might be a bit janky? Maybe, especially Not at that altitude. Price? Yeah. <laughs> Brian finally gets through the the control panel, pulls out some wires, searching for the flash drive thing as Dom speeds up. And they cash through the windows of the new building, fly out of that one, and into a third skyscraper. This one inexplicably seems to house a museum, and people scatter as Dom destroys countless millions of dollars worth of historical artifacts and artwork. To be fair... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I got nothing. I was, I was just going to try to defend the sequence. Did you guys know that this uh, sequence is an homage to the ending of a 1986 Tommy Lee Jones film called Black Moon Rising? It is no. taken directly from that movie. So they drive a car through a museum? Yeah, the, the movie is about a thief who's hired to steal. Uh, it's, very, it's a very similar plot, actually. He's hired to steal this device that has... Uh, some some high tech electronic stuff on it, but he hides it in this experimental car that's owned by a billionaire. Then the billionaire removes the car and puts it in a building, and he breaks into the building. And at the end of the film, races the car, jumps it from one building to another to escape. I don't think I've heard of this. It's shot very similarly too. Um, I had seen the movie a long time ago when I was a kid. It's got Linda Hamilton in it and Robert Vaughn's the villain. And there's even a moment. Yeah, it's eighty six. And uh, there's a sequence. I, I went back to watch it after I heard that that was an homage to that. And uh, I watched the ending. He hits. It's not the exact same way, but him hitting the villain and then jumping from one building to another is very similar. You could tell that they based it on that sequence. It's like a little homage to that movie. The car is really stupid looking, by the way. It's what it's what they thought the 80s a future car would look like. It, it just basically looks like a really long. Is it set in the future? No, it's set in 1986. Oh, but it's a futuristic the car, car. is supposed right. to be like a future prototype. But that whole sequence is shot exactly the same, where he jumped from one building to another. It's I'll even on the movie poster. Yeah. Nice. My Anthony. suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. is dead, buried, and decomposing at this point. I just made film. it moot because Tommy Lee Jones did it. And everybody knows Tommy Lee Jones don't fuck around or do fake. That's right. If physics... Hey, quote. To quote Tommy Lee Jones, I cannot sanction this buffoonery. I thought you were going to say, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. you. That's you. Which, for anyone that doesn't know, is his, he was referencing uh, working with Jim Carrey in Batman Forever. Yeah. Thank you for uh, bringing up that, that obscure 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Apparently, they, yeah. he hated Jim Carrey. Uh, yeah, to to like like a, an insane degree. Like it. Yeah, I, I love hearing like the stories that Jim Carrey tells about like <laughs> yeah. just Tommy Lee Jones being super passive aggressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he really said that, huh? <laughs> yeah, what, apparently, yeah. yeah. I loathe you. Yeah, I and heard. he said, yeah, go ahead. He, he said that I will not sanction your buffoonery. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great line. It's a great yeah. fucking line. Oh, I, I, I use that on my girlfriend Megan all the time. Like when she's like messing with him, I'm just like, I'm, I'm I will not sanction this buffoonery. <laughs> That is the that is the most deadly serious statement ever made from a, from an actor. I've I've heard though uh, I forgot who it was that worked with him on a movie. They were they were like a an AD or or, or somebody who who worked directly with him. They said he's a really nice guy, but he's absolutely deadly serious about acting. He you have to know your lines when you show up. He doesn't tolerate like improvisation. So I could see him probably hating Will Smith too, even you know while they made uh, uh, Men in Black. But like mm. supposedly, if you know your shit and you show up, you'll never have a problem yeah, with it. I'm sure At Jim Carrey is all about improvising too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably flipped him out. Probably had a heart attack. <laughs> I'm yeah, retiring from acting. And especially a Batman movie that was like specifically trying to go back to like more like goofy like 60s stuff after the response of Batman Returns. Like Jim Carrey was probably like, oh, this is going to be like the funnest thing ever. And then you have Tommy Lee Jones, just like a massive grump, just like, I loathe you. (laughs) How dare you enjoy yourself on this movie set, you son of a bitch. Well, we'll we'll start the Batman podcast very soon. Um Back to the fast and furious of, of our of our dreams, Anthony's anyway, where Brian finally pulls out the drive and Dom instructs him to bail just as the car crashes through another window and falls onto the ground far below where it fortunately hits no one. What a, what a, what an amazing Conveniently. moment where they yes. went through three buildings and not a single human being was harmed. Not a life lost, Vito. That's how good Dom is. Except for a couple of expendable construction workers in the yeah, second yeah, yeah. building apparently yeah they were, we were going was, to kill them anyway yeah that, that building was their death star and now they're dead <laughs> they built it and they're disposed of How do you explain that to a guy's wife yeah he was on the 71st floor of this building and a car came a car out, out of out of one building into this one and then into wait, the wait, other wait. one luckily so, no so, one else but your husband hassan was killed <laughs> Yes. So Hassan was was run over by a car. Where was he? The eighty third floor of a building, <laughs> an empty building. At that, yes. Dom and Brian catch their breath, and Brian holds up the God's Eye Drive. Dom asks him if he still misses the bullets. My least favorite thing of this entire film. Brian, yeah, that's yeah. pretty bad. It's it's not an appropriate line for that moment. It doesn't make any sense. Like I don't even understand what it means in general. Missing the bullet, like I miss getting shot at. Maybe he, I mean, like I miss the danger or something like that would have made a little more sense. Like he I miss the bullets. I, that sequence it's a clunky line. about him. Mm-hmm. Well, that the, the reason why is because that had to be pasted in. That was that was part of the paste job they did for the script because it was. Sorry, guys, give me one second. My computer is trying to restart for updates. Don't restart. Me, remind me tomorrow. Okay, so. Uh, but the bullets the, line was part of their it was plan from, to reuse from the older movie. It was from an older movie when Brian, when he had the kid in the last movie, they talked right. about him wanting right. to quit. And he was like, I kind of missed the bullets. So right. they, they took dialogue from that 
with his brother and, you know, CGI Paul Walker's face on there and added those lines. So they had to kind of like, you had this poor screenwriter who was like, I have to come up with something for them to keep talking about, to make it cohesive. And it happened to be that bullet, that bullet. Line. Well, I think they're hey. setting it. Go on, Anthony. Oh, uh, well, I, I just want to say like, I, I understand that. Like I understand the, the purpose of that line in the beginning of the movie, but it's such a bad line and it's so clunky. Like why bring it back? Like it's almost like they think it's more clever and more poignant than it is because it's not I, a good line. It's not. I think it's part of them setting up Brian's character leaving the life and it's there not good. Better ways. There, no, there are I better agree. ways. You know, it, I read it as part of their logic, you know, because he misses the bullets, but then he'll realize that family is more important and that he needs to get out of it. That's just how I'm making it make sense in my own head. It, it's it's clunky like it, it's clunky for a callback like if you want to echo that sentiment you can do it in a better way because don't don't remind everybody of how bad that line is uh, i want to go back to uh the the scene of the the car going and crashing to the ground like that was a really cool visual um for sure. and I, I was thinking like immediately because you know i'm i'm an editor of of both audio and film I was like, you know, it'd be kind of funny to uh, to like take like that scene and like edit it like as they're going through the first building and just cutting to that, like them falling and crashing. And I was like, that's a little disrespectful, you know, considering what happened to Paul Walker. But like, uh, yeah, not I, really, I, yeah, yeah, he didn't die in a falling car. No, that's true. That's very true. Um, maybe I will do it then. Uh, but Start no, your YouTube I, I, channel, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just every single time, like they escaped, like death, like just yeah, yeah. Like, like that clip. Because like what really time. would have happened? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That, that's you guys, that's curious in real life. That's Anthony, a really good idea. Were you, John? Were you with me when we went to that movie preview? It was the first film that they were going to release of Paul Walker's after his death. It was. No, I think he, it's called like district 13 or something like that. And there was a sequence in the movie where he crashes a car yeah. into a tree. And We've I was like, about this before. Why? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. But I was like, oh, no, no, why no, did no. you guys I, include this in the movie? Like cut that out. Like, I, I mean, how, how tone deaf are you to the fact that this man died this way three months ago? Like, and, and I could tell the executives were like, I had no idea it was so offensive. And I was like, dude, I, I offend people constantly. And that offended me. <laughs> Like that's that was how I mean no one wants to see that in a fucking movie, you know. It's like watching yeah. a James Dean movie with him racing in a car. Every time you see that, you're like Jesus. You're just reminded of the horrible way that he went. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. It like you and I have been to a bunch of test screenings. Like off the top of my head, I know we saw the remake of Flatliners. <laughs> uh, we we sorry, saw that, that was dead on arrival. Wink. Uh, and we There's saw no reviving this sequel. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> we, Do uh, not resuscitate. <laughs> yeah, we we saw uh, that Patty Cakes movie about like oh, that, that like horrible. rapper chick. Yeah, that was that was really bad. Uh, we did not see that district uh, movie together, but you did okay, tell me yeah. about that, and we have mentioned it on the uh, the podcast before. Yeah, was, and I agree. Like, it is very like, how could you not realize that this was a bad idea? Like, you could easily fix this. Like. Why are why are you? And I wonder, like, did you ever see the uh, the end result? And did they fix it? No, you know, I probably should just to, for shits and giggles. Yeah, 
Because people might out. be like, I'm familiar with that movie, and I what the fuck you guys are talking about. Just for your own closure, Vito. That would have been yeah. that. Would, how crazy would it be if the one guy I was the person who made them confess? <laughs> You're are the you guys, one that saved the film. I was. I was honestly very vocal for anybody out there um, who doesn't know this in LA. They do like film screenings, like Chicago, New York, like really big cities. They do film screenings in advance so that the audience can kind of give you notes. They can learn how, what they need to cut and what you know, whatever. And like, yeah, it was. It's just really weird that that happened. Yeah. Just to to kind of add to that, like the movie I've seen that like they changed the most and like insanely, like not even for the better, but like they they changed the most. Uh, I went to go see an early test screening of the Warcraft movie and like they had this entire like sequence where it revealed that um god what's that dude's name uh he was like a big actor he played a uh arc or not archangel but angel in x-men 3 oh, uh, uh, ben, ben yeah ben, ben something he was yeah. in uh 30 foster? days night ben foster yes. yeah ben foster so ben foster plays like a wizard in the warcraft movie and like they add like a subplot to where one of the characters is his daughter and like everybody groaned in the theaters and like when I went to go see the movie theatrically, because I like, I like doing that. Like I like seeing a movie that I saw in the, the marketing, you know, like the test screener phase and then going to see the final product to see the differences and what changed. Uh, they completely cut that out. It's not in the deleted scenes at all. Like it's not mentioned. It's not hinted at like they, they took that like, Oh, okay. Like the audience really thought this was stupid and they, they eliminated it, but that one was vastly different. Like there was like plot lines that were taken out. There was things that were changed. A lot of lines were, were different. So, I mean, they do take that kind of stuff seriously. Um, I, I, I wish I could have been a part of the, uh, the test screening for like the flash. Like, yeah, that's, that's because you're never going to see that film get released. No, they're going to release it, dude. They already have Ezra Miller doing the apology tour. It's, it's well, he's the, he's the one guy that should get fired from a movie that isn't. Everyone else does minor. Well, I don't want to say minor shit, but you know what I mean. Like that guy is beating the shit out of women. Well, let's get back to Dom and Brian here. <laughs> Dom Wait, and Brian, this, look this out goes with the theme of our of, of our uh, women against uh, yeah, violence. Less, less yeah. Ezra Miller talk, more Dom and Brian. That's true. He's a he's a jerk. Dom and Brian look out the destroyed last window, surveying the destruction as absolutely no one approaches them to just to ask just what the fuck they're doing. Uh, next, they're taken to some kind of auto shop in Arabia or auto shop district. Uh, Dom's team enters one of the garages where Safar is waiting. Do you remember Safar, Anthony? Yeah, this was, is the uh, gentleman Ramsey's that got friend. them into the. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently Deckard Shaw didn't need a friend to get into the party, but uh, he's upset so far. He had a uh, that, uh, that kinda, that's all he you needed. Know, that was his invite, friend. please. <laughs> okay, go right in. Yes. Well, I, I, I want to bring this up about Shaw. Um, like Shaw kind of reminds me, I remember watching a, uh, an interview with Christopher Nolan about the dark Knight before the dark Knight came out. And he referenced the Joker as being kind of like the shark from jaws. Like he just kind of appears, um, you know, and, and kind of, I, I see that a lot in Shaw, like being kind of that same character. Like you don't follow the character. Like, you know, you, you aren't like privy to right. everything that that character is doing. It just shows up, causes chaos, and then it goes away. 
Um, Interesting. And then I realized, like, oh, like, you know, the character, it's named Shaw, as in, you know, Robert Shaw. I wonder if there's a connection. And I know that, like, you know, previously Luke Evans played the other Shaw brother. Um, but I, I I don't know. Like, it just that kind of character, like the, the Jaws comparison. It could have been in their mind. Yeah, even even Could have been. I, I wonder. Like, I'm just raising that question. Probably not, but it's interesting. Would've and I like characters like if, that. Uh, sure. Like, Heat is full of those characters. Like, mm-hmm. Did you guys know that they released a sequel to Heat? Uh, it's a it's a book novel. Written, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Sorry, it's a novel written by Michael Mann. But now mm-hmm. he intends on making it as a feature. And I'm like, how the fuck are you going to replace, you know, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, and Val Kilmer with people acting as their younger selves mm-hmm. without ruining it? But anyway. Uh, we're, we're digressing quite a bit on this one, by the way, too, I thought it would have been funny when you said that he's like a shark character. If, if during this movie, you kept seeing the Shaw point of view, as, as like Vin Diesel's fighting in the distance, the shark is approaching and then he just shows up very Christmas asshole. And and Vin Diesel refuses to close race wars for the summer. It's staying open. It's staying open. Do you realize how much money and how much family is going to be there? I've put into this. We don't turn our backs on family. Uh, Safar is upset that the team caused such a commotion. Um, And Mr. Nobody is also there who tells Dom that he's got an interesting interpretation of low key. Uh, Mr. Nobody implies that Safar should leave, but he doesn't get the hint. So Shepard gives him the evil eye, and Safar complains that he's getting kicked out of his own garage, but he leaves. Um, nobody asks for the hard drive, or Mr. Nobody asks for the hard drive. <laughs> Brian gives it to him. This almost nope. turned into a Abbott Costello. <laughs> what do you yeah. mean nobody asked for the hard drive? You heard Was me. nobody, nobody there? asked yes. for the hard drive. Well, how did he give it to him? Because nobody asked. If nobody asked, how did he get the hard drive? Ah. Third base. Who's on first? <laughs> Nobody. Uh, nobody says that Dom and his team did great out there. He says all of his men are standing by and are fully at Dom's disposal. He hands the God's eye back to Dom, who seems somewhat surprised that nobody kept his word. I like that little moment there. Not, not a line or anything, but you just kind of he was just kind of like, all right, you know, you're a stand up guy. Yeah, it's it is very surprising. Usually in in a movie like this, this is where Mr. Nobody says, thanks for this now, you know, and guns everybody down and leaves and they have to get their revenge. He actually turns out to be like a good guy, which is refreshing. I was not and I love Kurt Russell and everything, but I was kind of like, oh, who is this character? Do we really need him? But like he's nobody's really grown on me, uh, at least through this film. Have you guys ever seen a movie from, it's also from the 80s, it's called Tequila Sunrise. It was written and directed by Robert Town. No. He, he is in the movie. He plays a character named Nick Freesia, and apparently in Justin Lin and Kurt Russell's mind, this is the character from Tequila Sunrise. What happened to him after that movie? He plays a like a DA, DA agent or, mm-hmm. or like a, a high-level high cop who's chasing down uh, – Mel Gibson in that movie. And so they consider that character like Han is from better tomorrow. And he's gone into the fast universe. This guy is supposed to be Nick Freesia from tequila sunrise after that movie. So that's kind of interesting. So the fast universe is expanding. 
Kurt Russell's character, you're saying? Yeah, Kurt Russell's character. So, apparently so, he wears his hair the same, and he, he literally, like, he was like, I'm going to play him as if it's Nick Frisia. You know, whatever. so the mannerisms and everything that he does is is what that character was like in that movie. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that since I was a kid, so I don't remember. But Some, another, another movie for the list. Yeah. Uh, Dom tells Ramsey to fire it up, the God's Eye, and find Shaw. She hooks it up, and the God's Eye starts searching for Deckard. They quickly pinpoint his location at the, like an automated factory. Like it's a working factory, but nobody's there, so nobody can get killed. It's a not working factory. Apparently. <laughs> That's right. It's a working, non-working factory. <laughs> Who works there? Nobody. Nobody works there? Not That's Mr. Right. Nobody. <laughs> Actual Nobody. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Nobody says that Ramsey has changed the face of manhunts forever. And Rome asks if he can check his email. That, now that, that was the line for me where I was like, too far. That was too far. <laughs> That's the line. I, that who, one. Who, who would say that? In the, I mean, now, unfortunately, I would probably say something stupid like that. And everywhere there, everybody there would be like, I fucking hate you. And then I'd feel like an idiot. I just, maybe it was too close to home. I guess I it was, was did we have like email on your phones in 2015? I can't remember. Yes. I mean, yeah. Surely oh, you yeah. could have just Absolutely. checked his smartphone. Yes, we've had email on our phones since 1998 when the first smartphone appeared. Although I guess technically, well, then there's the whole time kerfluffle with the Fast and Franchise series that we won't get into right now. Um, Dom says it's two hours until dawn and that's when they're going to take down Shaw. A little bit later, Dom is ready to head out a little early for reasons that aren't really clear. He says his team are the best racers in the world, but they're not killers. Brian shows up and says he knew Dom would say that, and he's coming too. So apparently Dom was going to go by himself, but then Brian comes along with him. I didn't really understand what the thinking was there. It also implies that Dom has killed in the past. What's that? It also implies that Dom has killed in the past. I'm sure, well, he got pretty close in that backstory of his. Yeah, yeah, but I, mean, but I mean, he says they're not killers, implying that he most certainly is. You oh, know? So okay, like, is that implies, what I got? implies yeah. that he has killed in the past. I didn't pick up on that, but that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I got from it, too. He's the one that can do it. Right. Everybody else doesn't have the stomach for it. They ain't got the stones. That's right. Uh, Dom, Brian, and Mr. Body, Mr. Nobody's team silently break in to the factory and they sneak around looking for Shaw. They find him calmly eating a steak dinner at and 6 a.m. Six in the morning. <laughs> Brian just in a giant home. room, a giant empty room. Just very British. Yeah. Nothing, yeah. nothing says masculinity like eating a raw steak at 6 a.m. by yourself. I want to taste blood first thing in the morning. Brian tells him he hopes he's enjoying his last meal. Deckard is offended. They're not going to pay him, in, or they're not going to feed him in prison. <laughs> like, well, they, no, they he's going down. Him. That's right. They, they, came, they came, came to kill him to oh, end okay, his okay. life. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty bad move tactically, if you think about it. Almost on par with Mister Fantastic telling the Scarlet Witch that Black Bolt's mouth can kill, and so she can erase him out. He's like, enjoy your last meal. Not, nothing puts you on the defense like learning they're there to kill you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's oh, I when you're like, I got nothing to fucking lose at that point. 
Well, Deckard is offended that he only warrants a dozen men because he's expecting, you know, quite a bit more, I guess. Then he takes the pin out of a grenade and sets it on the table in front of him. Dom walks up and says, I'm ready to meet my maker. Are you? There was there was a line, though, there that that you didn't mention that Shepard said when he was like, he did he, only a dozen men. And the guy goes, I think you'll find it more than enough. And I was like, oh, Shepard, you don't. Like that poor <laughs> son of a bitch. That guy had to have been like, I get all the shitty fucking like, I'm the one who has to look like an idiot in every scene. What's Dom doing? You know, every every two minutes. Now he has the line, it's more than enough, right before the guy pulls a fucking grenade. Well, it is in Kurt Russell's time. contract that he will say no dumb dialogue. Is it really? Is that true? No, no, or no, is that no. Yeah, word for word. <laughs> word for word. I will not I will say, not no say anything. <laughs> Look, I worked with Quentin Tarantino for Christ's sakes. It has to be great dialogue. That's all right. Nothing comes out of these sweet lips except gold. <laughs> uh, dude, I would, I would actually pay. I would pay uh, Kurt Russell to do one of those Omegle videos or whatever where they read what you want them to say just to have them say nothing comes out of this mouth but sweet gold. <laughs> be Make amazing. it happen. He's got to have a cameo, right? He's not He's not <laughs> Cameo, famous. that's the one, not Omegle, cameo. That's what I was talking about. Uh, Shaw asks Dom if he's ever heard the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Dom says he ain't got friends. Anthony? Just... Just what? I, I, I don't remember. Oh, I got family Sorry. making this the most intense Olive Garden commercial ever. He doesn't have friends, Anthony. He has family. Yes, family. Okay, okay I'm friends. sorry. I'm family. sorry. Olive Garden brought to you by. At, at this point, I was super checked out. <laughs> well, Shaw has, says he has a lot of friends. And suddenly, nearby doors explode and the lights go out as more soldiers pour in, firing at nobody in Dom's teams. It turns out to be the team of terrorists that had kidnapped Ramsey, including Mose, who kills Shepard Vito. Yes. Okay. The man who who was overconfident. Yes. Here's my issue with this scene. Mm -hmm. The scene prior, they literally established that they have in their possession the most powerful surveillance technology that's ever existed. Mm-hmm. Yet they still get fucking ambushed. Right. Well, you got to know who you're looking for. They didn't think to look for the other. Okay, but, but damn it, Ramsey. Also, it, I mean, that technology would also like open the door to be like, all right, like who's around the surrounding well, you'd area? You'd think that she'd be using it, yeah, to observe right. the thing and her going, look out, guys, there's a dozen men outside. I yeah, argue that nobody would have people stationed outside just as a precaution. Well, this is this is the same thing yeah, I that's had an issue with that scene before where uh, Dom and Shaw were like having their little face off and the men come down and Shaw runs off. I'm like, no one, no one chases anybody in movies. Like he's, he's 50 feet away from you right now. Like send your men after him. They're like, we'll get him later. And it's like, nobody, nobody ever does anything really tactically in a movie. Like, yeah, of course you would know if there were people there. Why, why, why are they attacking in a pitch back black building? None of the men have, have like infrared goggles on or anything. The bad guys do. Well, but well, nobody's hey, men are all, you know. Oh yes, no, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, 
until he puts on his fucking super cool glasses and pulls his next John Woo move. Oh yeah, this this was is the best Mr. Nobody. Nobody sees the people. Well, he sees that Shepard's been killed is what sets him off. And he puts on these badass night vision shades, not goggles, shades, ready to put an end to this, Anthony. He starts one-shotting a whole bunch of these terrorist dudes until he runs out of bullets and gets shot himself, Anthony Ray Bench. Yeah, I I have to say Shepard was a mercy kill because that, that character offered nothing in the film. <laughs> yes. he was, the he actor was, was, I'll do one more, but I got to be killed. <laughs> please, please let me just die. Anthony, you can't hear you, Anthony. You went dead, sir. I mean, I can hear you, but you're super, super quiet. Now, How about now? Yep, you're back. Yep. I'm back? Yep. Okay. Yes. All right, let me write a note. I'm not. It's also it's it sounds there's like weird echo in the background too, but yes, you are back. Yeah, I had to train uh turn on the air conditioning and it's way too fucking hot in here. Um it's not sorry. No, it's cool. Uh but um, Brian and Dom kind of fire back and that's the end. I just wanted to, so that was our fifteen minutes. Well, I, I wanted to to say I wrote in my notes Kurt Russell is a badass in that gunfight until mm-hmm. he wasn't. What <laughs> yeah. the fuck just happened? <laughs> I, like it was very, gone. it was very confusing and and weirdly weirdly shot where you just like kind of like turns and like looks at the camera and like smiles and just gets you yes he kind of I, I did miss that yeah. he kind of winks yeah it was it was weird I I don't know where that's going like if that comes back or yeah Dom Dom sees nobody and nobody gives him kind of a don't worry yeah. kid things will yeah, be okay. It was, it, it was Despite weird. the fact that all of the rest of my team and I are dead, and it's just you. It's only you, Dom. Don't worry about but it. I, I also want to go back to the whole like surveillance thing. They could have easily written a line that said, like, oh, like, you know, this 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 uh surveillance software like is so powerful, like, you know, it needs a cooldown. Like we we need like cool down to use it, therefore making like a blind spot to allow uh, you know shaw's posse to show up um you know but just the fact that like they tout this this god it was it god's eye god's eye god's eye yeah god's eye thing to be like powerful and whatnot like i get what you're saying like they were only looking for one person but like that seems really like short-sighted in like you know hey like we can scope out in the entire neighborhood you know mm-hmm. like let's to do be that fair, before we it is only attack. one eye hey oh um, or, but yeah. or you could make the argument, I guess, that, you know, even though they did find the factory initially, that there are no cameras there to monitor with because they would need uh, something like a smartphone or a surveillance yeah. camera. But but it needs to be written in. Your your idea is better. It makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, it's clearer. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's just weird, like issues like it. I'm I'm picking up on more so than any of the other movies where it's just like this doesn't really make sense or this line is really clunky or what whatnot. Like I'm not saying that, you know, this is the worst of the bunch. It's certainly not. And I would rank it a little, you know, higher if I did a rating system. Sure. But it's just like there's weird things that are super duper noticeable that just feel off I think, or feel mm-hmm. like well they're getting into issues. Implemented. Like I mean Brian or uh, Paul being gone, Dom or Dom, Vin Diesel having like and, and Shaw too, too probably having these things in their contracts. I can't lose, you know. 
I, it has to be like jumping through all these goofy hoops, writing these scripts at yeah. this point. I don't know yeah. that that is the has it affects what you're talking about, but it could. It has to. I mean, yeah. it, it just has to. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like and, the dueling egos. Yeah, and at the top of the show, I, I said I didn't really care for this segment. Um, and I, I just too much I action. Something not even too much action. It's just the. The, the just the grand spectacle of it like i can see how that might appeal to some people but for me like you know i i've seen movies like even the first you know few fast and the furious movies where the the action and the stunts are grounded mm-hmm. and you know like i i i've mentioned this before on the show but baby driver where like mm-hmm. all the the stunts were literally like practical like none of them were cg it, and just to like go from that and, and like seeing like, oh, that's impressive. Like that takes choreography that takes, you know, like a lot of planning that takes, you know, talented stunt coordinators and, and talented stunt drivers and everything like that to just see like a CGI car driving through <laughs> three skyscrapers. It, it's not. It, well, I it, think it they ha- they feel like they have to elevate above grounded now, like like grounded is, you know, the series is beyond that in a way. And I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. Like I would prefer more practical stuff. And I don't think that the series necessarily has to go to outer space for people to still like it. You know, like you can still and, have these big set pieces. Yeah. And, and you know, like even if like, you know, 30 minutes prior or whatever, we had that scene where they, you know, drove out of the plane and that was ludicrous. That was, that was silly and, and, and dumb, but mm-hmm. like for whatever reason it worked. And I, mm-hmm. I think like a lot of it, we, we talked about the music, how the music kind of like really elevated that scene. It, this scene on top of that, especially like so close to it in the runtime is really kind of overkill. Like maybe they should have saved it for another movie, I guess. It, it just, I don't know. Like at this point I'm, I was invested early on. Um, and now like I'm kind of checked out with this movie. I'm just like, all right, like mm-hmm. this is, this is everything I thought that the Fast and the Furious franchise was like, especially with the scene or the segment that we did before with the partying and like, you know, the gratuitous ass shots and everything like that. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I hope that I get, you know, back into it and you're going to, you're going to be like Michael Corleone and get pulled back in fingers crossed. I want to like this movie. I really do. Um, and, Cause there are so, there's so many things that I do like. And I really liked the Kurt Russell bit until like it ended in a really weird way where I'm just like, I don't understand why that happened. I want to, I want to say, because it's very much shot again, like a John Woo movie with the double guns, the way that he's spinning and shooting it. It's a lot Mm -hmm. like Chow Yun Fat. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen all of Chow Yun Fat's movies. I'm wondering if there is a movie where he gets shot and does that because it does seem very specific. Like it's referencing something. Yeah. yeah. I'm, well, I'm 90% sure it's referencing something else. Wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I thought that scene was badass where he just puts the glasses on. I, just yeah, totally. Blasts everybody. And like, I was just like, you know, like that's, I, I'm on board and just how it ended. Like, again, like I haven't seen the rest of the movie. So I don't know if like, you know, something happens or it means something like, you know, we never know for I, sure. I don't know. <laughs> Even it, if we just, see a body, <laughs> we don't know. It, it just, it, it was really confusing that the way like it ended and, and how it shot. And also again, like 15 minute segment that ends on a logical 
or like a logical like break yeah. in, in, in the edit. This is it. It's a weird one because I don't understand why he turned his back and got shot. Maybe in he secretly really had a crush on Dom and he was getting his one last <laughs> shot before well, was, he dies. It was kind of like uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi when he yeah. sees Luke. But, yeah. <laughs> but Mr. Nobody is not going to ascend into the force. So yeah, he's, he's also only only been in the film for... 12 minutes total screen time. So it's not like Obi-Wan where you've grown to love him and you realize that he had something to do with Luke's dad and there's a history there. He's just a dude who shows up and he's like, I need you to get me the God's eye. And by the way, I'm going to wink when I die. I'm the government guy you can trust. Right. Yeah. Criminal. It was just a weird, weird thing. Um, but yeah. You know, um, it, it's interesting, Anthony, that you brought up the whole CGI thing because did, you, did either of you guys see Bullet Train? Not yet. No, not yet. So I won't, it's on my I won't, list, though. Okay, I won't. I won't spoil anything. But um, the movie itself is shot. I'm, I'm convinced it was shot entirely in the United States, even though it's supposed to take place in Japan. And all of Japan, and anytime you see the train, it's completely CGI. And mm-hmm. it took me out of the movie with a lot of the action sequences because, like, if they would have shot it practically, I think there were some sequences that could have elevated it to a classic film. I think it could have been looked at 30 years from now as like an amazing movie, but it kind of brought it down for me. And um, it took away from the movie in that aspect because you never feel the stakes are high when you can tell that they're not really hanging off of train. You know what I mean? Even if it's a, even if it's a set, it, Tom it Cruise would have put up for know. that bullshit. Oh yeah, Tom Cruise would have fucking. He's like, I'm like, doing it for real, dude. Not not to turn this into something else, but that sequence did remind me of Mission Impossible. I heard this great uh, story that Matt Damon told about Tom Cruise uh, when he did that sequence where he runs around a building in one of the Mission Impossible movies, like on the outside. He's like strapped and he's like running along the outside. He uh, he had a stunt guy and he was like, hey. Uh, I want to do this. And the stunt guy was like, it's too dangerous. I'm not going to sign off on it. So he fired him and hired a stunt guy who would let him do it. You do, you let he's Tom so, Cruise do what he wants to do. Oh, he's yeah. he's going to get himself or someone else killed eventually. But uh, that's, that's how one. dangerous he's doing it. I think if it came down to it, he'd probably get himself killed. I don't know that he'd. I mean, I don't fucking know Tom Cruise, but I've been around him. And he's, I doubt. I don't know. I don't think he'd let someone put themselves in that. I think, I, yeah, I think he gives a shit about everybody on the set, but he's pretty. Yeah, Despite his I mean, Scientology bullshit, I get the impression he's. I don't. I, I feel like he's probably a decent person. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we wrap this fifteen minutes up, and I feel like we're due for an emotional fifteen coming up because we've had kind of two more. Like, well, I guess we had a little bit of a downtime between the uh, rescue and this one. But Anthony needs some emotional moments, I think, to pull him back into this. Yeah, I I need some uh, some emotional uh, gravitas, just That's right. something to chew on. Some of that that sweet Chris Morgan uh, character. We're gonna, get, we're gonna get another scene with Brian and Dom talking about how like, <laughs> do, you still, do you still yeah. miss the bullets? Do you still <laughs> miss them? When are you gonna get the picture, kid? You got you got a child at home. You got a kid and a wife on the way. I mean, the, the other way around. <laughs> you you know, you know that like in the next one or the next two, whatever. Like if they do bring back the the Brian character, 
it's going to be like him like in bed and he's going to get a text message and he's going to open up and it's just like, do you still miss the bullets? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't answer. <laughs> he just sends back a thumbs up. To emoji. <laughs> I'm uh, in. God, we're, we're giving I, the wrong people ideas. I do hope they bring him back. I mean, just from a narrative standpoint, Brian O'Connor is the main character. And the fact that they have left him alive narratively, I'd like there to be some closure. I don't know if they'll do it. I, yeah. I've heard rumor that, that they may, they, they very seriously have considered for the 10th film, having him come in and being completely CGI and having him in the movie. But I, I don't know if that's such a great idea, but that remains to be seen. Thoughts, Anthony? I, I, it seems like that's what they were hinting at with the ending of the last film. I know we're jumping ahead. Um, I literally don't I, remember. Oh, <laughs> I've seen well, everything. Eh, don't yeah. remind me. We'll get there. Okay. Yeah, but, but everything I, after I this I, is a blur. I don't like that idea. I don't like the idea of bringing him back. Um, you know, what about it, they but, don't bring him back, but they just they explain what happened to him. There's some explanation. I mean, I guess it would just be dialogue. It wouldn't be maybe that satisfying. But. Well, I, I mean, they've already done that. Like, they've already mentioned, like, oh, like, you know, he's enjoying the quiet life. Oh, he's enjoying raising his kids and blah, blah, blah. Jack. Um, yeah. Jack. He's, got, he's handing his son a gun, and he's like, shoot it at daddy and make sure you miss. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, I love it. I don't miss uh, the bullets anymore. I got plenty. Days. The good old days. <laughs> Jack, daddy told you not to get him in the foot. <laughs> oh, I, well. I, I feel like, and, and they hinted at this again in the last movie, I feel like bringing the character of Brian back wouldn't be from a sincere thing. It would be like, we're going to create controversy and we're going to have people post a bunch of articles about it. Like, I mean, we said this before, but I mean, this seven is kind of the end for, for me. I mean, we're still doing it. We're still going to go ahead, but I think we're right. getting into... Ooh, pretty rough territory after this. Yeah. Which should be fun, I think, actually. Yeah. For <laughs> for those who enjoy me bitching and, and complaining about these movies, they're they're definitely gonna get their their share of it. I, I was gonna say <laughs> because Zach, when you said it's gonna be fun for the first time, I was silent <laughs> for more than ten seconds with nothing to say because yeah, I, I was yeah, we'll we'll get there when we get there. But uh there was something else I was gonna add. About the C- oh, the CGI thing. Rumor has it that they're also going to do a new Bruce Lee movie with they, where and where like his, uh, deep fake him. Yeah, I, I I just don't I don't Why? think audiences want to see that. You know, I mean, just I make mean, the guy a, a new guy. Yeah, yeah. it's it's I, I I find it very not only is it disrespectful to the dead, but it's also like it's unearned. I, I just, in a way. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I think it's a bad idea if they bring Brian back. I, I genuinely do. Like it, it's, Same. it's just not something I think that audiences are going to take to. You're probably but, right. But who knows? I mean, I, I think the series is kind of on a downward slope at this point. So why end it on a high note when you can tank it completely? Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely interested to see what happens at the end of this franchise. I mean, I think it'll be, interesting one way or another but to say that we'll have plenty of this podcast remaining for our unknown amount of listeners out there 
We have no idea how many of you are out there, but we appreciate every one of you. Um, should we wrap it up for the for the week? Let's wrap Let's it up. Wrap it up and put a bow on it. Let's do it. Thanks for listening in. Listening in, everyone. Give us a review on iTunes. Uh, I think we have an email at uh, so fast so furious at gmail.com. One of us may even check it in a couple so of weeks. So fast, so furious podcast at gmail.com. Yes, Anthony, that's why you're here. So fast. We're, so we are furious. like the worst <laughs> at like promoting ever. ourselves. Yeah. Like, like you watch other stuff. They're like, hit that subscribe button, you know, this and that. But we're like, we might have an email. That <laughs> we, we might check, check it. We checked it the last time before the pandemic <laughs> struck and uh, you know. had one email sitting there from years ago. Uh, but yes, we will check it more often or I'll make a point too. And, uh, We'll see you next week. Hopefully. <laughs> if if you made it this far, you're gonna keep you're gonna love it next week. Right? <laughs> That's right. Says uh, Stan Lee. That's right. Guys, I, I just checked our email. We don't have any emails. <laughs> Write us an email. We <laughs> so sad. So, so no one's know, sitting there thinking we're assholes. Orthodox, by the way, for us to be like, we don't know how many listeners we have, or if you're out there. <laughs> But we appreciate you anyway. Yeah, if you if you're out there, apparently. Down, 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 down. Anyway, good night, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Sweet. All right, that's it. <laughs>